Wayne. I'm Aaron. This is Paul. This is Wayne. And this is Tim. Happy Batman Day, guys. Woo. Woo. I, I don't know. I don't know what you how you guys celebrate the day, but you know, we my family will gather around the Batman tree later today, and we will sing our Batman carols and exchange our Batman gifts, and uh, then we all go out and fight crime. And then kill somebody's parents so they can become Batman when they grow up. Pat, the, no, no, the gift that keeps no, on giving. No, I, what happens is is somebody kills our parents. Oh. That's what you know. That happens on Batman Day Eve, and then on <laughs> Batman Day, you 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 then you know celebrate the Batman Day, and then you go out and fight the crime. That's true. The evening of Batman Eve, all night, you learn jujitsu so that you can fight crime the next day. That's right. That's yeah, right. It's a tradition. Yeah. And, you know, some of us just learn it online. We, you watch a YouTube video, yeah, you know, you matrix. you're good. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> well, you know, it is also Harley Quinn Day. Just putting that out there, because it is if, if you're ready to feel old, Harley Quinn turns 25 this year. So, oh. yeah, I remember when she was a wee, a wee lass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A wee little Quinzel. A wee yeah. little Harleen. Yeah. Yeah, 25 years ago, Harley Quinn uh, came into our collective consciousness. Yeah. That means the yeah. Batman the Animated Series was 25 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a long time ago. It is. Yeah. So do you remember where you were when you watched the first episode of Batman the Animated Series? I do. I was at my grandparents' house, and I wanted to make sure that I watched it, and it was that Man Bat. No, was it the Man Bat? Yeah, that was the first yes, one that they premiered. it was the Man Bat one. Yes. That was so good. I remember I being remember. so excited about it, and then the next episode they aired was that, like, Cult of the Claw one that was terrible. <laughs> yeah, I remember being so excited. I was, because uh, they aired it in, like, prime time. Yeah, right. For the first episode. Sunday night, right? It was a Sunday night show? Yep, it was a Sunday yeah. night, prime time, and I'm sitting there. It's one of the few shows I remember actually watching with my dad, who had no interest in it whatsoever. And I'm watching it thinking, man, this looks almost like live action i go back and realize i was crazy but compared to the cartoons we had these those right. days right. it looked so much more realistic than anything we'd ever seen it was some good stuff it was some good stuff you know i know i'm talking about us getting old but uh, as old as we are linda hamilton is older and she's returning <laughs> for the new terminator movie Really? Yes. And so, I assume Arnold is as well. Yeah, and he's even older. Um, yeah, so James Cameron got the rights to to do a the final Terminator film. Well, he's calling it the final Terminator film, but apparently it's a planned trilogy of films um, with Linda Hamilton <laughs> and Arnold Schwarzenegger returning. No. <laughs> and it is directed by Deadpool's Tim Miller. Um, they're planning for a 2019 release, and it was announced this week that Linda Hamilton um, would be returning and that they would pretty much ignore everything after Terminator 2, which just seems to be the way of things nowadays. <laughs> okay, Paul, when when you think about Terminator, do you think, you know what I need in this movie? A few more chuckles. Is, <laughs> is that is that really what you think? Uh, well, that direct what, what I think is I don't want any more Terminator movies. That's what I think. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just keep flashing back to Michael Bean going, you know, he won't stop. He'll just keep coming and coming. And I mean, the, the sequels won't stop. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, I never saw the last two. Well, now you don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. You know, I, I, I am not a fan of, of, um, even bad sequels, ignoring them, 
because, uh, you know, it, that wasn't the only similar news release this week. I know you guys aren't horror fans, but Jamie Lee Curtis announced that she would be returning for the next Halloween film. She says, I one more that. time. And I'm yeah. like, are you fucking kidding me? And they said, well, they're going to ignore everything after Halloween, too. I'm like... Why? There have been six films since Halloween 2. <laughs> you are legitimately going to ignore everything for the last 40 years? Um, it's just... And, you know, she returned for Halloween H2O, which had already ignored everything from Halloween 2 to 6. So it's like a reboot of a reboot of a reboot. It's so frustrating. Um, you know, well, and, and it, when you're a fan of those films, like Halloween's 4 through 7 were actually not bad films for them to ignore them. <laughs> wow, so many Halloween. So, I'm a, I'm a big horror fan, and I've seen a lot of franchises, but Halloween is one of the only ones I can think of that I haven't seen. And the only one I've seen is H2O. I love the Halloween films. They're my favorite. Well, you know, with uh, all that yogurt that Jamie Lee Curtis is eating that makes her poop, she should be sprightly fast. Yeah, she's going to you know, be she... slick, slickery fast. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Greasy fast. <laughs> I mean, she just, you know, there's no way Mike Myers can catch her, right? Well, he does all that cardio, all that walking, uh, all that speed walking. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Good mm-hmm. point. But, you know, I, you know, I think she's going to have to chase him in the mall, right, in his big white sneakers, you know, where all the other old people walk. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> uh. This is, a, this is a, a, geri- a very geriatric hour of funny books. It is. Do you think that uh, Jamie Lee will have a topless scene in this one? <laughs> we can only hope not. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Poor Jamie Lee. <laughs> well, in TV news, oh, did, what did you see? Along the lines of Jamie Lee Curtis, did you see that uh, they're they're making a True Lies television show? What? No. Yeah, TV series. Uh, they've licensed it. It's uh, I think it's it's either late this season or uh, uh, fall of next season. You know, as much as but it's I not say Jamie no. Lee Curtis and Arnold in it, it's a whole different cast. But they're basing it off the True Lies uh, film. Well, Jamie Lee Curtis and Arnold are busy doing films that they did 40 years ago. Um, But, Uh. (laughs) uh, you know, as much as I say no to True Lies, I will say, uh, I don't know if you guys watched the Lethal Weapon TV show, but the Lethal Weapon TV show was good. Yeah. It is so good. I'm I'm looking forward to that coming back. That's interesting. I I saw previews of it, and my first thought was, is this pure slapstick comedy? No. Because the the actors just didn't seem like... I like the Lethal Weapon television show better than I like Lethal Weapon the movie. Uh, other than uh, the first one, I will I, say it is better than the last three Lethal Weapon movies. Yeah. It is, <laughs> it is really good. It is really good. I, I highly recommend it. But, you know, I think True Lies will could make a good television show. I think one of the challenging things is, is it's hard to make terrorism funny now. And so I think that's going to be their big challenge. And that's been the reason why James Cameron didn't want to make a sequel to it. Yeah. You know, he was he was like, eh, post 9-11, eh. <laughs> yeah. you know? Well, it doesn't need to be, you know, terrorism anymore. He could just be a spy or something like that. You know, it's they, they can figure out a way around it. But I will say True Lies will the th- the concern for me about a True Lies TV show is that the whole concept of the movie is that the wife didn't know that her husband was a spy. Right. Until right. three quarters of the way into the film. I don't know how you make that last for an entire season of a TV show without making the wife character seemed kind of dumb, <laughs> you know, for, for, for 13 to 22 episodes, like she's got to figure out pretty early on or halfway through 
uh, for me to really buy into it. I and I say that se- having read Superman for as long as I have. But huh. even then, <laughs> he, he wore the glasses at least. Well, don't you th- don't you kind of see that it would either be the first season arc would be her finding out. Next season arc would be uh, her joining the team. You know, I mean, it's just sort of the, the, the training of the wife. Yeah, I mean, let's be I honest. It's that. not going to last past a season anyway, so. I don't know. I mean, who thought Lethal Weapon was going to last into a second season? That is fair. That is fair. And who thought The Exorcist is going to is coming back for season two, Aaron? Fucking yes. Cannot wait. Yeah. Yeah. When is it? When is it hitting? Uh, is I it, think early October, actually. I oh. think it might be uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks. That actually makes me so happy because other than the Star Trek Discovery, there is nothing in the new season that had me excited. And you should see who's going to be in season two of uh, Exorcist. Who? Harold from Harold and Kumar. John Cho. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. He, really? Well, in a serious role. He, he is. Isn't, um, isn't he? he uh, isn't he Sulu in the new Star Trek movies? He is. Yes. Yeah. Sulu's going yeah. to be in it. And, uh, you know, he's gay Sulu in the, in the new Star Trek <laughs> he movies. <is> gay yeah. Sulu. <laughs> Not uh, like that straight Sulu we've got in the original series. Yeah. Who's you know? gay in real life? He's straight in real life playing gay Sulu. That's right. It's, it's a weird dichotomy. It's, it's a mirror universe sort of thing. <laughs> well, since we're talking about TV news, did you guys see that they announced that the the upcoming crossover for the, the new um, Arrowverse uh, CW TV shows is going to be called Crisis on Earth X? I saw the uh, artwork huh. for it, which was pretty damn hot. I think it it's doesn't an Ed make Bennis me want artwork. Watch. Yeah, it doesn't make me want to watch the show, but because uh, I mean, I seriously, I haven't watched a single episode of Arrow from last season. Uh, I think I watched an episode of Supergirl and maybe four or five episodes of The Flash from last season. Yeah, same. I'm here. completely caught up with all of them. I'm completely out of all of them, but I might check out this Crisis on Earth X because it looks there are some interesting aspects to that artwork. Um, What's on the artwork? Because I haven't seen it. So it shows all the heroes basically fighting all the villains, and it shows um, characters that I didn't even realize were in the Arrowverse, like Mister yeah. Terrific, and well, and and, and it's done as a send up to Crisis on the Infinite Earths uh, cover, right? Yeah. So number one, it's it's an homage to Crisis on the Infinite Earths. And then it shows you who, which characters they've pulled over into the uh, WB universe or the CW universe. And it's going to cross over into all four shows, Supergirl, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, and Arrow. Unfortunately, Black Lightning left out. That, you know, that, that's hurtful. Is Black Lightning <laughs> even going to be coming on this season? It, I, I feel like I read that somewhere, but I, the season's about to start and I haven't seen any commercials for it. Yeah, I thought it was supposed to come out this season, but... It's probably going to be a January show, right? Probably. Oh, that I would can't, make I, sense. I can't, I, one of the things I, I, I'm just baffled by is that Legends of Tomorrow is still on. <laughs> <laughs> well, it may not be once that Sabrina the Teenage Witch show starts. Did you guys read about that? I should oh, call God, it. Damn it. It is not called Sabrina the Teenage Witch. It's based on that Chilling Adventures of Sabrina comic book that can't get out on time to save its life. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're, they're doing a Chilling Adventures of Sabrina or whatever it's called. Um Chilling Tales of Sabrina. They're doing a horror Sabrina show um, based on the popularity of Riverdale. Who's my Riverdale buddy on this show? That's me. I am. Oh, you guys are both my Riverdale buddies. Uh, Did you see that KJ Appa, the guy who plays Archie, almost died this week? No. No. Yeah, it's it's this whole controversy because they're saying they're overworking these young actors. I didn't realize he was only 20. Um, But he worked a 14-hour day and almost crashed his car on the way home from the set. So, or I shouldn't say okay. he crashed his car. He we, did crash his car on the way home there, from the set. 
There is a word for that. Are you ready? It's called pussy. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, I know. Oh, I worked 14, 14 hours hour a day and I had to drive myself home. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Yeah. When I was his age, I'd already worked a 36-hour day once. And yeah, yeah exactly. Home. Yeah, Exactly. I mean, come on. Come on. Come and on. the work was and a we, lot harder and, than and Wayne, just And we didn't talking. get craft service then, did we? No, we did no. not. <laughs> You'd think he'd Uber, share an Uber with Jughead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, now, so here's the, the thing. Apparently, Jughead was supposed to ride home with him. But, you know, I think he got a, a ride instead or stayed or stayed behind or something. And he was supposed to be on the passenger side, which is what got totaled in the car. So we almost lost Jughead. Almost. So, Paul, did, did you see that there is a team up coming to comics with Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn uh, versus uh, Betty and Veronica you vying know, for the affections of young Archie? You know, I so did. I'm going to buy it. I would have because <laughs> I like the art. But uh-huh. then I saw that it was shenanigans because they use Amanda Connor art, and that's how they sucker you in. They're like, hey, look, Amanda Connor. And then they're like, no, just kidding. She's not actually drawing the book. Oh, yeah. She's just doing the cover. She's just doing the cover. Ugh. When was the last Dude. time Amanda Connor did some interior art? It feels like it's been a while to me. Maybe she doesn't need to. Maybe she makes enough doing uh, cover art. Well, that is where the money is. Yeah. yeah. When is any idea when the book's supposed to come out? I saw an ad in this week's comic books, but I don't recall when it said it was coming out. Yeah, I saw it in last week's comics. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. Because I'm I'm excited about it. I'll pick it up. Yeah, I'll give it a read. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. So uh, I, I I I hope. I, here's the thing. I'll wait till the day comes out. And I'll click the little preview thing, <laughs> and I'll see if the art is worth a damn. And if it is, you know, that, then I'll read it. That's what I tend to do as well. And I still can't believe I'm excited about an Archie book. They have really done wonderful things in the last few years. Oh, I haven't read any of them. And Riverdale also kind of helps, too. Oh, so here it is. Um, the Harley and Ivy meet Betty and Veronica. It's a six-issue crossover, because we need six issues of it. Um, but it is written by Paul Dini and Mark Andreco, both very talented. Art by Laura yep. Braga, also talented. It says September, so I'm assuming next week, because there's only one more week in September. Yeah, I was excited when I saw Paul Dini. There was no way I wasn't getting it when I saw that. A Harley story with Paul Dini? Yeah. I'll check it out. Damn it. You know, all this news so far has just given me indigestion and a sense of dread. Well, perhaps you'll be more excited about the fact that Star Trek Discovery will have premiered on TV by the time this episode is released. Yeah, the the first hour of which you can watch without having to subscribe to CBS All Access. The first and only hour, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) It's the only hour I have any chance of watching. Thanks, thanks, Scrooge. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Merry Christmas after fucking all That's right I, I will Ugh. say um, the early review I shouldn't say the early review So it premiered uh, They had a you know a Hollywood premiere for this first episode And uh, it wasn't just You know people who work for the company uh, But lots of positive reviews um, Yeah I, I'm super excited about it I, 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 I was lukewarm for a while Because I didn't like some of the uh, art direction But uh I, I've grown to be super excited about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I will, you know, I don't. I, I we've talked, and I don't want to belabor the point because we've talked about it like a million times now. I don't know that I'm going to subscribe to the service. Um, it has to blow my mind for me to subscribe yeah. to that service. How much is you that know, service, if you don't mind me asking, Aaron? It is six ninety nine a month mm-hmm. for for the. Uh, the service with ads, which means every 15 minutes you're going to get an ad break. And the thing that's particularly annoying about the ad break is it's the same goddamn ad. I hate that. 
Uh, God, it, dri- it drives me nuts. Um, and then, you know, so, so, you know, that's what you're paying for and you can't fast forward through it. You can't opt out of it. Um, so, but if you want to pay nine ninety nine, I believe you can go ad free. See, I don't know that I'm going to go for it because I want the, I'm clearly going to get the new DC streaming service. And yep. quite frankly, I might get the new, uh, Disney streaming service as well, because that's probably where all the Marvel and new Star Wars and all that stuff is going. To. Yeah, that is exactly where all of that's going to wind up living. So I'm, I don't know but, that CBS is worth it for me. Well, and the problem with the CBS streaming service, um, and I've said this before, is that there's not a lot there. Um, you know, there's certainly the, their, their fresh content from broadcast that you can stream, but there's not a, there's not enough where you can go, ooh, I haven't seen that, I haven't seen that. Um, it's, it's a lot of Survivor. It's a lot of NCIS. Um, and other procedurals. Well, Tim's um, on board with the Survivor. All the Survivor <laughs> you can handle, Tim. But, I mean, there's just not there, – unlike Netflix where you can go mining for gold uh, and, and find some just really obscure kinds of stuff. You know, you would think they would put in, you know, 50 years worth of CBS made-for-TV movies, right? But, I mean, there's not none of that kind of stuff out there. Hmm. Yeah. You know, I think I'm saving my headspace for science fiction for the Orville. I, I think that's my mode. Well, the Orville's pissing me off. I'll tell you that right uh-huh. now. I, I, uh-huh. I, you know, I, I, I tuned in for uh, the second episode. I fired up the DVR, and sure enough, football preempted the first 40 minutes of it. So, um, Aaron, what do you have for TV? Like, what service? Uh, I have cable. Um, I, I have uh, uh, Spectrum Cable. Okay, so I have uh, – I don't know if they have the same thing. So I had the same problem. I loaded up the second episode. It was all football. I went to the on-demand section mm-hmm. and into the free shows, and they had the second episode on the free shows on-demand. So I was able to see the second episode, no problem, just through the free streaming. My right. objection – I have a couple of objections to that, but the primary one is that I shouldn't have to go look for it. No, I agree. I, was, know, and- I was so pissed off that it was all football. Yeah. yeah. But I was able to find it, which made me happy because I'm enjoying Orville. Sounds like we all are. I'll be honest, I'm enjoying football. So there you go. <laughs> There's that. So, I don't know if you guys knew this, but The Kingsman 2, or The Kingsman The Golden Circle, or whatever, is out now in theaters. And so Matthew Vaughn, the director, is out doing the press rounds. And he has confirmed that he has been in talks with DC, or I should say Warner Brothers, about directing Man of Steel 2. He's been saying very positive things about it, saying, you know, he wants to direct a Superman film that is, uh, you know, a hopeful, um, you know, the the Superman that he wants to see, which is, you know, bright and shiny and hopeful, the type of Superman that we we would like to see. So he's saying all the right things. Um, I like Matthew Vaughn. I haven't liked every one of his films. I'm not the biggest fan of X-Men First Class or Layer Cake, but I did enjoy Kingsman. I really like oh, first, first class. It, first class was incredible. Yeah. I haven't seen Kingsman, but the Kingsman's, previews for the second one looks incredible. Kingsman's so I want to sit and watch the first one. Kingsman's wonderful. I highly recommend. Oh it. yeah, Kingsman is fantastic, especially if yeah. you like the uh, Roger Moore area uh, uh, um, era of James Bond. Yeah. Totally I remember, incredible. I've never seen a James Bond. No, yeah, which I don't. Oh, go to anyway. <laughs> <laughs> This is horrifying. Yeah, it is. It just gets worse every time. One, it's always new information to me because I put it out of my brain. Exactly. It breaks my heart every time. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And then um, 
in other Superman news, uh, I don't know if you guys saw the Doomsday Clock trailer that was on, online this week. Um, that features Jeff Johns talking about Doomsday Clock, which is going to be released at 11.57 um, that Tuesday evening in November. Uh, I don't remember the exact date. Uh, three minutes to midnight, which I guess plays into the whole you know number of minutes to midnight Doomsday Clock thing. Um, so I, I, I'm... I'm I'm super excited about this book. He says all the right things again in his interview about it. He talks about how he wanted to do a book that was thought provoking and interesting, wanted to to do the right thing by the Watchmen characters and not just feature a story just for the hell of it. Um, and I don't know if you guys saw the, the, the cover for Doomsday Clock number two, but it shows Lex Luthor sitting in a chair and there's a hand on his shoulder that looks oddly like Ozymandias' hand. You're not getting me a second time. <laughs> no, <laughs> it might be. It might be. Yeah. Well, so I, I'm. I'm still not sold that this is Jarrell in the Oz effect, Mister Oz. I'm not either, or at least not not this Clark's Jarrell, right? Yeah. I mean, maybe he's some alternate universe Jarrell because I, I'm really bothered by that. But one thing I called out last time we talked, Paul, was that you know he talked about Krypton being. His Krypton, meaning Superman's Krypton, not our Krypton. Yeah, and that—I that, that, mean—and maybe that's just maybe that's nothing, but that really sticks out to me. I I I feel like it's a it's a, a feint, right? I, yeah. I feel like they they're they're messing with us, and we will find out that at some point, Ozymandias may be pulling the strings here. Uh, because if correct me if I'm wrong, Ozymandias survived Watchmen, right? Mm -mm. He did not. No, he died. Okay, I knew uh, if Rorschach I recall died. correctly. They, oh, I don't remember him dying. I thought he did. No, I thought Rorschach was the only one that. Or did he just walk off off camera and and I don't recall. No, no. Um, um, Doctor Manhattan shows up and blows him apart. Does That's he? Rorschach. He blows up Rorschach. Oh, right. Okay, I'm gonna have to go back and read the last of Watchmen again. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> And that stuff's not available digitally, is it? It is. Yeah, oh, it is. It Good. sure is. I own it digitally. Okay. Yeah. I, I, someone will let us know. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, I, as far as I know, he did not die at the end of uh, of Watchmen. I could be wrong. Because I think the whole point was that um, Rorschach's journal was there that could, um, you know, take apart all that Ozymandias had done. Yeah, because a big part of the story was he won. Yeah. So, I don't know. Well, well someone will <laughs> let us know. But um, Doomsday Clock coming in November. And since we're talking about Superman books, let's go ahead and talk about this week's Superman number 31. And I'm just going to get it out of the way. You know, because we at the beginning of the show, or before we, 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 we get on the show, we, we go through all the books that we read and we're like, eh, is there anything to talk about? And in general, I don't have much to talk about in this issue other than it's a solid issue. You know, it's a, it's a fill-in issue uh, written by James Bonney, art by Tyler Kirkham. You know, different than the Pete Tomasi, Pat Gleason, uh, Doug Mensch um, team that normally works on the book. But there's one thing I had to say on this book, which is that Lois and Jimmy are, are pursuing a story. And they are in Bolivia at one point in the book. And they come across a, like a dozen dead, bloody, sliced up bodies. And literally it doesn't hit them at all. Jimmy's like, right. hey, uh, you know, snapping a photo. Hey, what you doing for dinner? Like, uh, you know, eh. you know, 20 dead bodies, yeah. he even says. Like, like, you know, 
are they that cold or that you know numb to these well, events a, now? They're not American dead bodies, so <laughs> true. Fair. <laughs> like Jimmy's not puking no, I, off the side of the bus or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it, it looked like I mean, literally the acting on the characters' faces was bummer. Yeah, indifferent. <laughs> right? it, yeah. It was just very interesting to me uh, that they were just so cold about it. And to your point, it could just be an artistic choice. Um, the Tyler Kirkham art didn't really connect with me much on this issue. Oh, I, 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 there was one page that I thought looked great, and it's when Superman's walking through uh, the breach in uh, the Star Labs wall. Oh, yeah, I know exactly yeah. what page you're talking Beautiful about. Beautiful page. I'm like, oh, I'm going to dig this because, I mean, Superman has never looked so Superman-y, right? But then the rest of it was uh, – I felt like Lois was drawn rather inconsistently, and uh, I just he, – he blocks the body in such a fashion that the – like, for instance, there's, there's a page where Superman's head doesn't really look like a head. It looks like a block, right? Um, the way his features fall on the face. I just – there were some things that I really didn't care for about this book. And some of the ways, you know, one of the things I think is, is difficult to draw in a Deathstroke, the Terminator book, is that you've got to be able to demonstrate that this guy is so agile and nimble and, you know, uh, is is the best fighter on the planet, right? Well, he didn't demonstrate that. In fact, some uh, so much of his, uh, his action scenes with uh, Deathstroke – were just not at all artful at all. I mean, they just they didn't have any of that grace that you you tend to expect uh, from that character. So, outside of the art, I absolutely loved the story on this issue, and I found it to be one of the better issues in a long time. Yeah, it's written well. I will say it is a well written book. Um, I'm not familiar I with lo- with the writer, but it is a. I enjoyed the story. Um, just the artist, yeah, I mean, the art took me out of it a bit. You start off with a Superman story where he's talking someone down and it's, you know, I always love the Superman stories where he's successful without having to throw a punch other than punching through a wall. You know, that's just you got to make an entrance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You got to go cool, full Kool-Aid man. <laughs> but I love the stories where he saves the day by brains or by conversation or something other than actually fighting by walking across America. Yeah. Oh God, no, not that one. <laughs> but even then, after that, it's a very strong Lois issue, and you get to see her. And I love that inner monologue. I had that thought: is like Lois would be pissed that he was following her, and then she makes the comment about it. And, and that inner that it actually got into her head of that moment of, I'm so happy to see him. I'm relieved. I'm saved. And th- then I'm angry. It's like that is. Lois to me. I mean, that's her character. You know, so the writing I thought was really incredible. He got inside the character's head to the point of actually feeling like the characters. And I liked Deathstroke in it. I agree. The art didn't show him to be anywhere near what I would expect, but yeah. the, just like the, the writing and the voice sounded dead on. Years ago, we had spoken about what our drew, what of our, I think it was maybe New 52 time frame, maybe even before then, we said, well, if we rebooted the Superman books, what type of books would we like to see? And my suggestion was that I wanted to see an action reporter's book, a book focused solely on the reporters of the Daily Planet, 
kind of like the action scientists, you know, at the time with the, the Atomic Robo book. I even suggested Brian Clevenger and Scott Wegner um, doing the, the 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 creative team on the book. And this kind of reminded me of that. It, it is Lois. Mm-hmm. It is minimal Superman. His interaction with her is only as it relates to Lois. Um, so I, I really did enjoy the concept and the writing of the book. Uh, I feel with a different artist, it probably would have sold it a, a little bit better for me. I agree. And, uh, you know, the along those lines, really... Paul, uh, along those lines, Paul, one of the things I noticed this week, you know how, uh, the, remember the old Batman family books? Yeah. Many of those are available on Comixology, but none of the Superman family books are. Not a single one. Because hmm. you're, 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 you know, Lois Lane action reporter really put me in mind of that earlier this week. And I was like, oh, I, I, let me go out and see if I can grab a couple of those old Superman family books because I loved those when I was a kid. And not a single one's out there. It, it, it seems a, a, a large omission in the Comixology archives. Yeah, I would love to read some of those. Yeah. Because I've never read all any of them. Oh, they're great. I mean, because you'd get like a Superman story, you get a Lois Lane story, a Jimmy Olsen story, a Supergirl, a, a, a Crypto. I mean, you get the whole the whole schmear. They're great books. But yeah, for me, this issue, the writing overcame the art because the writing was just so good. Well, you guys also picked up Super Sons this week. We did. We yeah. did pick up Super Sons. Um, I, I must have... I got to be honest, I I must have missed a couple issues and I didn't notice because (laughs) this this one starts off right right in the middle of a weird planet. And I'm like, oh, you know, to expect that to happen. I had the same thought, but we didn't miss anything. Well, you know, I uh, I was three issues behind, including this one. So I had not read the prior two. So I got caught up when I read this book and the prior two issues are great. I I I absolutely loved the team up with uh you know Superboy uh with the Teen Titans led by 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 old man Robin. <laughs> uh and it was a lot of fun and I really enjoyed how the rest of the the Titans really uh, enjoyed John. Uh they invite him to join the team and the whole time Damien's pissed off because no you got to be 13 and and uh, they're like, well, look, you got old man Robin over here. He's not a teenager anymore. He's still on the team. <laughs> I, I, I dug it. I, I, I dug I dug the previous two issues as well as the, uh, the the current issue where they're they're on the planet of the capes. Is that what that is that what this is like? Uh-huh. It's a planet of the capes, but there's only two other superheroes, apparently. Well, there, there used to be a, a whole lot, and then they've created a bunch of artificial superheroes, right? And then they, yeah, then they got eaten by evil Swamp Thing or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I. I think I you might not. appreciate this book a little bit more if you'd read the previous one, Tim. Maybe, but even so, I was like, I, I'm not interested. Yeah, and I, no, and I, I, I have read up to now. I didn't miss any issues. I didn't like this issue at all. Oh, I, I liked it a great deal. I, uh, I I think I, I enjoyed the artwork. I enjoyed the design and the layout in particular. And, you know, I got a, a it was getting, you know, sort of a post-apocalyptic world. Right. Or a, a dystopian future, to be sure. And, you know, seeing the, the, the differences between Robin 
and uh, Superboy's reactions to it. You know, Robin's like, we, we got to get we got a GTFO, right? We got to get out of here. We got to get back to our own world. And Superboy's like, yeah, but we have to help while we're here. You know, and I, I, I enjoyed it. I thought I thought it was it was a an interesting look at this world, and it was a a good look at the the way these two characters responded to the situation. See, I like the character interactions. I just hated the world and the new characters and everything they were going against, and that's why I didn't care for the book. I want to see more of the characters' interactions, but in less fantastical settings. I want them back on Earth. I don't know. I like I, I, th- I think the character moments were good in this book, and that's why I, I like this book as a as a general idea. I think I just need to wait till the next arc and then get on from the ground running. Um, I don't like. I said I don't. I did. Did you like the artwork, Tim? It was okay. I did. I didn't. I didn't dislike it. It wasn't anything that that stuck out to me either way. I find that uh, the the way that Damien in particular is drawn highly amuses me, you know, because they do draw him as just, you know, a very short 13 year, very short 13 year old boy. But his face is so expressive, you know, and I, I just think that uh, that um, the artist I'm trying to find, figure out who that is right here. I see who did the cover. Um, I'm just, oh, here it is over here. Um, uh, Jorge Jimenez just did an amazing job with the, uh, with the character expressions and whatnot, because everything is just all over Damien's face. He is not subtle in any way, shape or form. And I, and I get a kick out of that. (laughs) Yeah. No, I, like I said, this is, this is a good concept. It's a good book. It's typically, it's typically you know, good writing, good character interaction. I just, like I said, I just don't think the storyline's for me, and that's okay because it, it, you know, it seems like Aaron liked it, so <laughs> you know, I, I might be in the minority, although uh, not on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely with you today. It was the, there were character moments I really loved, but other than that, I didn't like the overall story. I loved Damien's reaction to somebody calling. Uh, but calling them brothers and him the younger brother. Yeah, the little brother. Yeah. Yeah. Bring your little brother along with you. Yeah. It's a, it was a good book. I enjoyed it. Um, also out this week was uh, I believe the book is called uh, Batman Red Metal Death. <laughs> Just that, Red Death. Get, it's not Red Metal Death. <laughs> it's not Red Metal Death. It's metal. It's a metal crossover. But, but it's, it's not just Red, Red Death. Batman. It's not Batman Red Metal Death. No Red Metal Death. There's no metal I in think, that death. It's just death. I, I think Red Metal Death is probably a better title. I think we should we should just call it Red Metal Death. Okay, I think so. Or maybe show title. Um, <laughs> uh, this this is the first, I believe, of the uh, Batman Metal uh, crossovers where we get to see all of the uh, horrible horrible Batman from other universes. And uh, this Batman kind of picks up from uh, an alternate universe Batman that is very much like Frank Miller's Dark Knight. Yeah. Who uh, is kind of at the end of the rope. He's lost all of his family. He's he, he has no hope and he's just trying to reach out for whatever whatever thing can help him make Gotham safe. And in this circumstance, it's the speed force in the form of the Flash. So he takes down Barry Allen, steals his speed force, and becomes Batman Red Metal Death. <laughs> Red and, Metal Death. Uh, um, I got to tell you, it was 
a super dark book. Yes, it um, is. And, you know, as such, I know that's scratching Paul right where he itches. So, um, so Paul, tell yes. me. Tell me about Batman Red Metal Death. So one thing I want to say, DC Comics, and who does the lettering on this book? Uh, Tom Napolitano. I know where you're going on this. Hit me. Dark red letters on a black box do <laughs> not make for easy reading. <laughs> no, they do not. Uh, thankfully, that was just at the beginning of the book. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, I had a real I had to like zoom in on those boxes because I know you read your comics in guided view. I don't. Um, I read my comics. You know, I try to read them like page view so I can kind of get the, the comic view of it. Uh, actually, it does pop up later in the book, but I had to I had to go into the uh, the guided view on this book because actually, yeah, it pops up a couple times. Those boxes were genuinely hard to read. Yes, they were. Um, so I, I, I was not a fan of that. Uh, but as for the overall book, I really liked this book. Um, yeah, I did too. I, I like how uh, it was. It revealed that this Red Death Batman is not just Bruce Wayne with the Speed Force. He's kind of like a firestorm of you know Barry Allen is in his consciousness as well. Um, you know he, he's a combination of Bruce Wayne and Barry Allen. I guess Barry Allen is just along for the ride, but Bruce Wayne is in charge of the body. Yeah. Um, it, it, I really liked the art. I liked the writing. I liked the concept. Um, it doesn't really have much to... I, I shouldn't say it doesn't have much. It doesn't further the storyline of Metal any, but I still enjoyed the book quite a bit. Yeah, it just tells you who that guy is, Yeah. right? So that he's not just a, a looming figure on the side. Uh, you, you get a sense of who that character is. My only concern about the book, and, you know, I, I shouldn't be concerned, right? I should have faith, Paul. I mean, this is the, this is the only thing that we've seen so far uh, in these breakout stories. But I was like, is this going to be the same sort of thing in each of those Batman books where Batman's stealing the powers of somebody else? Because, you know, we see, you know, there's a Batman Superman, there's a Batman Wonder Woman, a Batman Flash, a Batman Green Lantern. So, I mean, hopefully we get wildly different origin stories in each one of those things. I would hope so. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I, I would I would imagine that I, I, I guess we'll know next week. Um, yeah. You know, when the, when the second book comes out, because I believe the second book is The Murder Machine, which is, I could be wrong, but I think that's Batman mixed with... Cyborg. Cyborg? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, you know, Barry Allen, The Flash, so much Batman's bitch in this book. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, wow. Uh, you know, there is a moment where, uh, you know, Batman hits him with... Uh, uh, a toxin from Victor Freeze, and he's like, you know, I, I estimate that your your enhanced metabolism will burn through that in three seconds. I won't need them. <laughs> you know, I just Batman just you know tore Barry up. Poor Barry. Well, Barry Poor sucks Barry. anyway. Barry's a bitch. Yeah, fuck Barry. I mean, Wally West wouldn't have been a thing. Nope. Wally West would have been like, I don't need three seconds, mf'er. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Wally would have, Wally would have taken care of this whole Batman problem. Yeah, yeah. There would be no DC metal because Batman done, <laughs> DED dead. That's right. Wally would have ducked whatever he sprayed him with. Fair, fair. He's, he's fast. Yeah. So good book. I enjoyed this rather a lot. Uh, and so Paul, yes, sir. I'm curious. You know, it's been a while since we've talked about uh, the war of jokes and riddles uh, going on over in the Batman books. 
I, I, you know, I realized when I was when I was, uh, you know, getting ready to sit down and read this week's comic that that like Super Sons, I had not read the previous two. And let me tell you, I read all three back to back. Much better read. <laughs> yeah, I feel like most of the I feel like Tom King's Batman run, which I have enjoyed, works yeah. better in chunks than it does as a as singular issues. Absolutely. Now, don't get me wrong. I've, I've rather enjoyed the War of Jokes and Riddles. Um, but like, for instance, you know, the the middle issue in the three that I read was uh, The Ballad of Kite Man Part Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really read. I, th- I think the reading of it was improved by being bookended by the two issues uh, on either side. Um, I, I just I totally dug what I read. I the there is a. You know, Batman is telling this story to Catwoman about the war of jokes and riddles, and apparently he feels like he did something just terrible, and he needs her to know it before she answers his question of, will you marry me, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, this story is being being told by Batman, and he breaks the, the, the telling of the story, and so we come back to present day, and it's, you know, Batman and Catwoman in, in, in their bedroom. And and he he apologizes for having put her in the situation to get shot at by the Joker. You know, she was scale. She she was in there uh, reconnoitering uh, the the uh, situation, and you know, Joker turns and shoot uh, shoots at her, and very ne- nearly sends her to her death. Um, and Batman apologizes. I'm sorry for putting you in that position. And she tells tells him, Oh, Bruce. You never have to apologize for me for any position you put me in. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's Catwoman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I feel like if I was Catwoman, I would be like, can you just get to the goddamn point? Like, you know, <laughs> we, we've been sitting in bed for four months now. I'm ready for the story to end. <laughs> I, I, is the next issue the conclusion? Uh, and I, I feel like it's not because I feel like they would have said to be concluded, uh, oh, but I'm yeah, sure it's coming. Yeah, it does say to be continued. So you're probably you're right because next next time, well, next time is part six, right? Yes. So, but so, maybe it's uh, an eight issue story. I don't know. That's all. That's a lot of story. It is. Yeah, but I, I sure am enjoying it. I I thought it was. Uh, I, and again, reading it with all of those stories back to back was uh, certainly the way to go. Agreed. Yeah. And I gotta say, the artwork in this book is just tremendous. I really enjoy looking at uh, uh, Joker, and really the the new take on Riddler is starting to warm up to me. I, it's start it's starting to it's starting to feel like a warm shoe. It does. It feels like we are we are building to the conclusion of the storyline too. You know, things are happening um, yeah. and, and now at a much faster pace. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes. Yeah. So it, it was a nice Batman book and a, a, a good Batman Red Metal Death to come out for, for Batman Day this year. So, Paul, yes. next week won't be Batman Day. It's just going to be regular old new comic book day. What are we getting on new comic book day? Well, we are getting Marvel Legacy number one, which is the premiere of that new Marvel uh, post-Secret Empire reboot. Uh, I, I got to be honest, I know it's a five ninety nine book. Um, but I will likely pick it up. Uh, this is the uh, Jason Eric and Esad Ribic, um, Daniel Acuna, Jim Chung, Russell Dodderman, Stuart Amonin, Greg Land, um, all-star cast basically introducing the new Marvel uh, status quo. This is going to adjust, re, um, introduce the Avengers of 1 million BC. Um, I'm, I'm going to be picking that up. Thus fulfilling the prophecy 
a Paul and his money are soon parted. Yes. <laughs> um, also from Marvel Comics, we're going to get the uh, the Mighty Thor versus the War Thor in the pages of the Mighty Thor issue number 23. Yes. Looking very forward to that. And this is a book Tim should be reading. Yes. Yeah. But he won't be. He won't be, but he should be. War Thor. War Thor. Uh, love me some War Thor. From DC Comics, we are going to get the continuation of the Oz effect in action comics, as well as a play, uh, a Lonely Place of Living Part 1 in the pages of Detective Comics, featuring Tim Drake. Uh, what? The return of Tim no, Drake. Tim Drake, Tim Drake is dead. Tim Drake is not dead. This is He's dead. D-E-D dead. No, this is, according to the solicitations... This is one of the biggest stories of the Rebirth era, setting the stage for an explosive Detective Comics epic. Uh, it's the story you've demanded. Where in the world or otherwise is Tim Drake? Um, <laughs> so th- this is going to uh, to be coming out starting next week. A lonely place it. of living. Oh, yeah. Um, also next week, we get that Batman murder machine, issue number one. Uh, and um, we will also be getting... Perhaps the most important release next week from IDW DuckTales number one. Oh dear. Yeah, yeah. Based on based on the new DuckTales reboot that I don't know if you knew this premieres as we are recording this episode. In Paul, does NXT. the does the DuckTales reboot ignore all previous DuckTales since nineteen ninety four? It does. It does. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> but rebooting but, the, the, the DuckTales continuity. But Scrooge McDuck is returning for 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 the new Ducktales. <laughs> God, he's got to be old as hell. <laughs> but so all that and more next week on Funny Books. All right, guys, we'll see you next week, and uh, you know we'll talk about uh, how we spent our Batman day. I'm going to spend it watching the Defenders. <laughs> uh, you know, you could do worse. That's you could fair. do worse, Paul. <laughs> I could be watching yeah. uh, Luke Cage. Bye, everybody. Bye. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast. Bye.